Guy is brought to you by Audible. Go to paulthebookguy.com audible and get a free book just for signing up for a free trial. We're back again, episode 14, gentlemen. My name is Paul the Book Guy, and I'm here with... I'm Chris the Book Guy. I'm Greg the Book Guy. <laughs> Welcome back, gentlemen. Back at the top of Book Mountain. We are back at the top of the Book Mountain, and of course, the, the news this week on every podcast... Steve Jobs passing away. Steve Jobs passing away. Uh, the only reason we're sitting here with computers in front of us, and uh, he didn't invent the microphones, but uh, the software, the, the fact that we have personal computers, the fact that people have devices in their pockets that aren't transistor radios. Thanks for downloading us on iTunes. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> just to, Not to put too fine a point on it. Yeah. All right. Let's just say that uh, Steve Jobs passed away, of course, this week. And um, as it pertains to book news, his authorized biography is going to be moved up in publication by Simon, Simon & Schuster by two weeks. It was due to be released Ooh, I'll November. be watching the mailbox now. I mean, it was due to be released in November. We got some of those on order, Paul? Yes, we do. We do. Fantastic. And we might be waiting a little while because uh, the f- next day after his uh, his untimely passing, pre-order book sales for his authorized biography went up 42,000%. Wow. So we might not make that list. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we, we will definitely bring that book to the table when uh, once we get our yeah, hands whether on the, it. Whether the publisher send it to us yeah. or whether one of us yes, goes out and we're going to have to fix it up. Yeah, steal it. <laughs> that's one that we were likely going to read anyways. I mean, we're all very interested in Steve Jobs. Uh, I, don't, I can't think of anybody who's uh, changed the way that we do things on a daily basis. It's changed the world. Yeah. Uh, we're going to start off with, I believe, Chris. Chris has a book we're for us. right in. I got we're a book this week, right lads. in. And it is fiction, fiction, fiction. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm a fan of the, uh, the literary book prizes. So the, this is literary book prize season. This is the, you the, are our book prize, uh, aficionado and expert. The, the man Booker prize, uh, shortlist and the Scotia Giller, uh, Booker, sorry, the Scotia Giller prize shortlist was announced this week. So there's one book, um, that made both of those shortlists. Wow. So I uh, picked up a copy this week for, uh, my little e-reader, and uh, cranked it out. It's the, the book is called The Sisters Brothers. Wait, wait. Little e-reader? Little e-reader. Not, Please. Not, not the new one, Paul. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Let's talk about that another day, because I think I've got, uh, I'm on short time here for this review before we've got... <laughs> yeah, we've got uh, a couple uh, of guests this week. Before we've got to do an interview. Yes. So, uh, Sisters Brothers, did you guys catch uh, True Grit in the theater? I did not. I'm going to say no. Oh, that's a shame, because the Coen Brothers did a remake, of course, and the... The style of speaking, uh, the diction, uh, the writing in the film is is quite unique. It's you'd say it was Shakespearean, except it was the Old West. So does that make sense? Okay. Okay. What it comes down to is I'm going to have a crack at this reading. Is an old a bit West of this. love story. This is no. Uh, this is not a love story. This is an Old West book. So this is set in uh, the Gold Rush in California. Uh, a couple of brothers who are notorious killers. If you mention the sisters' brothers, uh, you're like liable to start shaking in your cowboy boots. Okay. Uh, they work for a mysterious gentleman called the Commodore, uh, and the Commodore has interests in uh, many pots. Uh, he's baking many pies around, uh, around America. He's very, very wealthy. And the Sisters Brothers are his specialty hired killers. So oh. these two guys, uh, they're, the older brother, um, Charlie, is the leader, is sort of the ruthless one, and Eli is our narrator, so the entire book is given through his perspective, is the younger brother, and it's a it's a moral parable about Eli's perspective on life, uh, the universe, and everything. It's a very peculiar world. It's it's set in the old west, but it feels sort of mythical, sort of fairy tale. There's like you know uh, witches and sort of mysterious characters, and it's the not delves quite, into a little bit of fantasy. It's there. not quite magic realism. Um, there's there's no uh, there's no talking dogs or anything like this, <laughs> but it feels uh, from the writing um, to be a, a, a an odd place. I don't know. I was going to compare it. Sort of. It's a mix of sort of uh, like a Quentin Tarantino type violence okay. with uh, the true grit sort of style of dialogue with um, the No Country for Old Men, like Cormac McCarthy type. Um, strange worldview where there's it's a sort of an amoral universe. It's a zero sum game. The characters are Eli and and, and Charlie are <laughs> they're compelling. They you they're they're characters that you love to hate. They are clearly you know okay. rogues. They are clearly murderous killers. Uh, but 
you get I got caught up in sounding you, more like a Tarantino movie at this point. Yeah, it, it, it definitely <laughs> has that that uh, there's there's grotesque violence that is comical or nearly comical. It's blackly bleakly comic. Okay. I am going to read a selection for you. Now, what we're going to do here is I'm going to try this once, and I'm going to do it with the inflection. And if it totally sucks, we're just going to cut it, and then I'll read it again straight. How does that sound? So the listeners are only going to hear this once anyway. The listeners are going to hear this once. It (laughs) depends on which one Paul decides to put in. I'll put in the worst one. You'll put in the worst one. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. So this is from uh, Chapter 5. Short, late winter days and we stopped in a dead ravine to make camp for the night. You will often see this scenario in serialized adventure novels. Two grisly riders before the fire telling their body stories and singing heroin songs of death and lace. But I can tell you that after a full day of riding, I want nothing more than to lie down and sleep, which is just what I did, without even eating a proper meal. In the morning, pulling on my boots, I felt a sharp pain at the long toe of my left foot. I upended and tapped out the heel of my boot, expecting a nettle to drop when a large, hairy spider thumped to the ground on its back, eight arms pedaling the cold air. My pulse was sprinting, and I became weak-headed because I am very much afraid of spiders and snakes and crawling things. And Charlie, knowing this, came to my aid, tossing the creature into the fire with his knife. I watched the spider curl up and die, smoking like a bald paper, and was happy for his suffering. (laughs) Not bad. One take. (laughs) One take. Um... What do you guys think? We're going to leave that one in? Or, <laughs> or so you think. <laughs> or should I do it straight? <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, just tell him it was one So that, that was Eli. That was the main character. That's Eli, the main character, giving us the, the whole dialogue. And uh, it's this is the story of the, the Eli, Eli and Charlie, the sisters, brothers. And I got to say, you are prepared for our all-accent uh, episode. That was pretty good. Did you guys, did you guys that, that? That might be yours, could I we, think. Could we cut that with, uh, with the, with the Western with accent? I'm, I'm okay with Western accent. That's awesome. All right. So, excellent book. Um, I appreciated the craziness of the world. I can live with, I can deal with the car- the cartoon violence. Um, and I am a fan of sort of uh, bleak stories, although it is a moral story as well. And I can understand why it made both the Man Booker Prize and the Scotia Giller Prize shortlists uh, for this year. So those are, I mean, if uh, Patrick DeWitt, by the way, is the author, if he manages to pick up either of those prizes, they are two of the most lucrative prizes in literature. Wow. So... Big money there for these. Big money. I, you know what? If I had to put money down on it, uh, I wouldn't put him. I'd give him an outside chance for either prize. Okay. I think he's up against some uh, some tough. A lot tough of competition. competition out there. Yeah. The the cover art is awesome. On this oh book. yeah, we'll, we'll definitely we'll post that and maybe a list of the nominations. Uh, we could put yep. that in the show notes Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. I wouldn't mind talking coming back to the uh, the nomination list. Uh, coming up next, we have a interview. And on the line from Dayton, Ohio, is Molly Campbell. Hello, Molly. Nice to talk to you. I'm on the line with Chris and Greg. Hi, Molly. This is Chris. How are you doing? Hi, Chris. I'm fine. How are you? Good, too. Thanks. I'm not going to ask you Greg, how you're doing. Nice this is just Greg. <laughs> We've established that she's fine. We have established that Molly is good. <laughs> now, now, Molly, we're here to, today to discuss your website, charactersinsearchofanovel.com. Yes. Um, maybe you could, uh, rather than me doing it, you, you're, it's your website. Why don't you tell people what it's all about? I thought it was fascinating. Well, I am a writer, and I have my own blog. I'm a humor writer, and I write for a, another website, uh, again, just a humor column. And I also am on Twitter promoting myself all the time. And for my own entertainment, I, I have always, my husband and I have both always been fascinated with names. And as a matter of fact, for entertainment, I mean, this is how dull our lives are, uh, we sometimes would look at the phone book and find names that we thought were funny and then laugh. I mean, this is really, I, I kind of hate to admit this, but anyway. Wow, you two are pretty crazy. So, <laughs> yeah, aren't we just a we're, we're living on the edge. Anyway, um, so then we also would, um, again, in our um, wild and crazy lives, would say, well, you know, what do you suppose somebody named whatever it is would do for a living. And so we would get into these discussions about names. So I've always been interested in names. And so on Twitter, I don't know what prompted me to do this, but I started posting a character in search of a novel. And as you all know, and everybody probably knows, Twitter is just 140 characters. So all you can do is write, I would put the name in, today's character in search of a novel, and then make up a one-sentence description of what that person would do. For instance, one of the first ones I did was um, uh, uh, she was a spinster secretary, and I named her Minerva Pickles. 
And okay. so I, anyway, I posted one every day, promptly forgot most of them, never wrote any of them down, and did this for over a year, so I'd done over 300 names. And uh, a pretty famous author by the name of Robin Black, and I don't know if you have ever read, she wrote a book called um, If I Loved You, I Would Tell You This. She's a wonderful short story writer. Okay. She tweeted me and said, you know, you need to do something with these. You're just throwing these away. So she said, really, if you had an artist bring them to life and, and do their faces, and then you wrote a little story about each one and publish this in a book, people would buy it. So I'm a type A person, didn't want to wait until I had enough to put in a book, so I created the website, and I'm just kind of publishing the book as I go along. The, one the, character the, the characters are, are, are fantastic. <laughs> uh, now, I see it's uh, Randy Palmer who does the art. Does he do all Randy of the... Randy Palmer. Okay. He is an artist that lives in Dayton. He works for the uh, Cox Newspapers Corporation, and he is just a wonderful... I, I went to the head of the Dayton Art Institute, who's a friend of mine, and said, I'm you know, looking for an artist who... who and I told her what I was doing, and she said, oh, my God, you've got to talk to Randy. And I hired him without even seeing any of his work. She just said, no, he's the one. So he had a good he, recommendation, eh? <laughs> oh, and he sent it. And he, it's, it's a perfect, as far as I'm concerned, partnership, because I've only had to make a correction on one character that um, I... I um, her name is Dottie Mulcher, and she, I described her as being edible, and he didn't make her look quite edible enough. So that, but <laughs> other than that, and I, I don't know how many I've done, probably 20, and he's hit it right on the head every time. It's so, so true. It's a, a really it's, fun. The, uh, the characters are really, really encompass the, uh, <laughs> the description. And I, I think nobody, I don't know, but I don't think anybody else is doing anything. They're very short character studies, 600 words or less. Um, I call them microfiction because I do manage to tell a little bit of a story with each one. And um, so I, I, I just have never heard of anybody doing anything like it. So um, I, uh, I have I a little bit of a, a legal question about yeah. your, your the characters without a novel. Uh, mm -hmm. I know I noticed you've, you're publishing it under a Creative Commons license. Mm -hmm. And that typically is for non-commercial use. So if, if someone wanted to actually take one of these characters and put him in a novel, technically under that Creative Commons, they wouldn't be allowed to sell one copy of their novels without your permission? Is, is, is it something that you would actually would want someone to take one of these characters and actually use them in a novel in the future? Um, at, well, you know, that's a very interesting question I've never really thought about. I, I wanted to protect them so people wouldn't take them and... and you know, put them on, take my stories and right, use right. my stories. Um, but I think if a novelist, you know, contacted me and said, hey, can I use one of your names? Chances are I would say yes. I just wouldn't want them to use my stories because I, you know, I am for some reason so prolific. I, you know, that's one down, but I seem to have a million more where those came from. So um, I was just curi curious about the but fact. I mean, but I'm, not go I'm not offering my services to people, but... Um, I don't. I'm not that proprietary. But, but if someone really, really wanted Loretta Squirrels in their novel, they could. Could they have <laughs> Loretta? Loretta? No, Loretta's pretty, pretty close to my heart. So no, I don't think. As a matter of fact, um, a, a person has used Loretta to make kind of a, evidently some sort of a, a, a film. But um, when she, she's a friend of mine and uh, a friend of a friend, and she, when she realized that I was going to do what I was going to do with them, she relinquished that. Uh, okay. Uh, what she was doing but no i don't think i'd want to let go of loretta any of the ones that are on my website i wouldn't but i also am sure that if somebody called me and said hey will you create a character for me here's what this person does for a living and here's what this person is like what what should i name the person i would be happy to do that so uh, we, we all had sort of this in charge <laughs> we all had sort of the same reaction when we saw the site that uh, any one of these characters is in fact looking for a home in a, in a full-length <laughs> novel um, do you have any overarching plan for these characters, or, well, or are these literally little problem. micro books? I have no, and I, I, you know, right now, I have talked to a number of people who have said, you need to write a novel, but I just don't know. I'm so, I, I'm, my metier is 600 words or less, and 
I'm good at it. I know I can do it. I do it all the time. And I'm such a type A person. I, I'm friends with a few people who have written books. And my gosh, they've said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It only took me four years to write that book. I just don't think I have the wherewithal to stick with anyone. You're only good anything. for a few hours, huh? <laughs> yeah. I, really? I'm flashing the pan. <laughs> Well, I hope. Uh, no, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I, I wouldn't say no, but right now, what I would like to do is get enough characters so that I can have this as a book. Okay, so I'm going to say right now yeah. in front of you guys yeah. that uh, I'm I'm putting my stamp to double octet on Fingal Strafer. That's that's going to be oh, mine. <laughs> I'm liking Sergeant Winteregg. You like Sergeant Winteregg, Greg? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm still with Loretta Squirrels. Loretta Squirrels, my I favorite. I, I love them all, and you know, I, I, I sit down and I come up with the name, and I just start typing, and it just kind of magically appears. I, 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 it, it, I, I don't know how it happens, but I just am in love with all of them. Well, Molly, we're going to tell our, our all yeah. our listeners to go to in uh, characters in search of a novel dot com, check out yes. your work, and what's uh, tell us what's your Twitter handle? Maybe they want to follow you on Twitter my as well. Twitter handle is well, I have two. I have my own name, which is at Molly D Campbell. And I also have at In Search of Novel, which is, um, and Loretta's picture is my avatar for that. Sweet. Um, so um, that's how they can follow me. You Would you all be interested in hearing Loretta Squirrels? Oh. Because I have her right here in front of me, and I could read her to you. Oh, Absolutely. Please. Absolutely. <laughs> I, Loretta is modeled, I grew up in West Virginia. And so Loretta, I, I was surrounded with people like Loretta growing up, and so she, um, she's very important to me. So anyway, I, yes, here we go. This is Loretta. She don't take nothing from nobody. Hell, she ain't had a daddy her whole life, and her mama left Loretta to take care of the babies most days. Loretta learned how to shoot and how to cook what she killed. Then babies never went hungry. She don't take no shit. She don't have to, because she's so big and mean. Loretta has to bend down to go through most doors, and I seen her kick a few in when they was locked. And if she gets drunk, get out of the way, because Loretta gets to shoving folks around then. Loretta married Bobby Ray Squirrels when they was in eighth grade. She says she likes it, liked his eyes. But everybody says it's because Bobby Ray had the best moonshine recipe. And Loretta wanted that recipe more than anything else in the world. Moonshine is money in the bank. So now Bobby Ray and Loretta have a business, a real business. Loretta is the CEO. That means cheat everyone. Loretta don't never make mistakes. Hell, she says the only mistake she ever made was having too many babies. But Loretta raised them and kicked them out. Now she has all the time she needs to keep her stills going and keep Bobby Ray in line. Loretta loves her music. She and Bobby Ray go over to Jesco's Grill on Friday nights when they've got the bluegrass going. Hell, she sings right along with the band, and she gets louder and louder all night. I've seen her take her top off and shake around in her bra, but then Bobby Ray told her to get her clothes on. Loretta can sing all night long, and she never gets raspy or nothing. I hear that Loretta's cousin Harold tried to steal from Loretta's sister one time, and Loretta stabbed Harold for trying. I hear she used a fork. Man, that woman is mean. But shit, Harold should have known better. He was the one who showed Loretta how to use a gun for crying out loud. I used to be friends with her, but now I don't trust Loretta for shit. Hell, she came over my house and took four chickens. She says she did not, but I saw her running off down the creek. She wrung their necks and shoved them in the poke. That Loretta ought to think more about things. Before she knows it, her and Bobby Ray won't have no more folks to depend on. What do they call that? A support system? Well, she ain't going to have one. No how. She keeps stealing poultry. The end. <laughs> Sounds like Loretta's got to stay off the moonshine. I, I got to say, we, we were trying not to overpower wow. the, the, your, the sound coming from Skype with our laughter. <laughs> Oh, Loretta well, Squirrels, I, I, everybody. I, the thing I want to tell you is I also have a store on my website, and anybody who wants to can get their very own Loretta Squirrels merchandise. That's brilliant. <laughs> can you get a Loretta Squirrels-themed still for your moonshine? <laughs> I'm looking at these know, characters. I've got the T-shirts and tote bags. i got plenty of those. <laughs> I'm looking at these characters, and they look to me like they all need, they're in search of a board game as well. 
Oh, yes. That's a great idea. That's oh, a great Molly, idea. if you can figure out a way to get Loretta Squirrels and Sergeant Winterag together in the same story, I will oh, definitely be reading that. <laughs> You'll buy that book? Okay. I, I will definitely buy that book. Well, <laughs> listen, I've been so, this has been so much fun to talk to you guys. I've waited for a long time to do it. Uh, no, we had a little bit of a delay, <laughs> but uh, it's been but, a blast, Molly. And we'd love to have that? you back when you finally find a way to put all these characters okay. in one novel. In one book. <laughs> all <laughs> right. Well, thanks very much. Thanks uh, for uh, being on the show, Molly. Thank you, Molly. Okay. Thank you, Molly. You thank take you. care. Bye-bye. And with us on the line now from Bahrain is David Milnes. Hello, David. Hello, good evening. Nice to meet you, and uh, along with uh, Greg and Chris are here. Hi, David, this is Chris. Hello, Chris. Hi, David, Hello, this is Greg. Greg. Hey. Didn't I send one of you my book uh, uh, a few you, weeks ago? I'm just wondering if it ever arrived. We haven't yet to get uh, that package. And, oh, uh, yeah, actually, I know why that is now. I checked with, the, with Lightning Source here in the UK, and they hadn't sent anything because uh, they'd held it up on account of a proof. Oh, which okay. uh, it's a bit disappointing, but I only discovered that um, today, in fact. But it's on its way now. It'll arrive within about 10 days, I suppose. Brilliant, brilliant. Excellent. I just Excellent. Uh, brought back uh, Paul's copy, which he'd lent to me. Uh, yes, and uh, for, the, for all our readers, uh, who are all our constant listeners, uh, David is the author of The Ghost of Neil Diamond, which we featured a couple of episodes ago. And I want to ask you, David, uh, why Neil Diamond? I mean, there's a book that lends itself so much to be another Elvis Presley. Why Neil Diamond? Uh, I think, yeah, I th uh, this happened uh, in, entirely uh, out of a real circumstance because I visited a club in Hong Kong called the Mariners Club, which actually features in the book. And there was really a Neil Diamond impersonator there. And uh, he, he I, ne I never actually saw him. I wanted to see his performance. And I tried to get a friend of mine to get me into the club because I was not a member of that club. But he wouldn't do it. And I've never forgiven him. <laughs> but uh, it, I, I never saw him. But I did, ask, I did ask my friend to try and take a snap of him by the pool or something like that. And he did do so. So I had a snap. But it was only from the back. And it was this uh, middle-aged guy with uh, dyed black hair. And the whole thing just seemed um, so extraordinary and so tough, such a struggle this guy was obviously enduring, touring the Middle East, going around various clubs. And this was not a prestigious club. This was very, very middle of the road, you know, trying to scratch a living out of being a Neil Diamond impersonator. And to me, uh, that had a lot of appeal. There is something bleak and poetic in that. I, yes. I, I, I feel it too. <laughs> I, I well, gotta say, he's a character. I, that I've been struggling to do something similar for so many years. I suppose, you know, trying to get through as a writer has been uh, a, a similar kind of bathetic struggle. I suppose he is a character that, that sticks in your mind. And normally, I'll, I'll bring out notes for books that I've read because I read so many that uh, it's, you know, it's been a few months since I read your book. But I, I really don't need notes for this book. Neil Atherton is such uh, a unique character. Uh, his struggle. Well, I'm delighted that you say that because to me, characterization is everything. You know, that really is the distinctive quality. I think the history of books is the history of its characters. Yes. You know, that, that's, that's, that's what these people, actually, the really great characters in books, I think are, are far more real than real people. That's what we identify books by, by their characters. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And that, that really is so important. I've heard people try to, try to talk it away, you know, as if it's something dispensable. But to me, it's everything. That's what it's all about. And that, that's what drives people to write, you know, hearing these voices in the head that they must set down. So I don't think there's any escaping that. The characterization is critical. So I'm really, I'm really pleased that he does live for you. He, he definitely did. And uh, I think I, I mentioned in the, in the review, but... Uh when I came to the last page, uh, and I believe there was one blank page after that, I was kind of disappointed because I wanted to read more about this tragic character, you know. <laughs> and uh, without spoiling the ending, he, he's he's on his way somewhere. And uh, I'm just wondering, uh, do you feel that his story is finished, is complete, or will we perhaps one day uh, see the further adventures of Neil Atherton? Well, that's a wonderful thought, but I think I think it is finished. I mean, actually, the I did have. When uh, there was an agent who took an interest in my work um, about nine years ago, um, and my idea then was to finish three novels that all ended in the same place. Um, I won't go into where that was; okay. just a sordid cafe somewhere. But 
Uh, and I thought this was a wonderful idea, wonderful idea artistically, of course, but she thought it was an incredibly boring idea <laughs> okay. that, would, that wouldn't get anywhere, uh, anywhere and really uh, uh, killed my chances with that agent. But um, that's the only kind of way I would envisage him coming back, making a cameo appearance somewhere, but I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. No, I think, uh, I, I think he's finished. <laughs> now I, I see you have an, another book uh, coming up. I saw on your website you've got. Uh, I just checked recently, and I saw another book pop up out of the side there. And uh, what's your project? What is it? Yes, this is this is actually um, slightly embarrassed to say an older book than the Ghost of Neil Diamond. It's called To Have Nothing, but it's gone under many different titles. Okay, but I'm I'm very pleased with it. I think it works very well as a novel. Though I don't think it's got some of the uh, some of the humour that um, the Ghost of Neil Diamond has. But nonetheless, I think it's a very good read. Obviously, otherwise I wouldn't have brought it out. Um, but that's that's there, yes. And uh, I've got another thing that I'm working on at the moment. But uh, obviously, I can't say much about that. Otherwise, it'll just disappear. Yes. <laughs> but uh, to, but to have nothing is uh, a great read. I recommend it to you most thoroughly. <laughs> Brilliant. We we will put a, a link to uh, your books in the show notes for this episode, so our constant listeners can uh, can browse through there. That would be great. I'd appreciate that. Uh, now you're in much. you're in Bahrain right now. May I ask? Yes, well, yes. Because I know you're from the UK. You're, are you from England? Yeah, but I left the UK in 92. Um, it was, I had a, a couple of little spurts of success then with two short stories that were published, one of which got reviewed in the Times Literary Supplement. And it was a very favorable review. And uh, I thought, oh, my God, I'm on my way to things at last. That's but the uh, that was the, not uh, the case. Times Literary but, Supplement. But um, that, that, I think that, that um, publication helped me get my job out in Hong Kong, my teaching job out in Hong Kong, and I stayed there for 13 years. Um, I was head of English at an international school there. And then I went to Spain hoping to finish my books and uh, get on with trying to market them and so on. And uh, with my wife and uh, family, I lived out in Spain for five years, but then we lost a lot of money in that financial crisis, and so I had to come out to the Middle East. So that, that's the kind of potted biography. <laughs> that's why I'm here. I mean, I, actually, I was actually working in Saudi Arabia for 15 months last year on my own, which was pretty grim. But very good, very good for my books, but uh, a grim way of life. Did you, did you see our Paul the Book Guy posters when you were in Saudi Arabia? Apparently, yeah. Apparently we're doing no. very well in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> we have a lot of listeners in uh, Saudi Arabia and Bahrain. And, and you were saying uh, earlier that uh, before we uh, went on the air that uh, Bahrain is a small uh, country? Oh, it's very, very small. Very, very small, yes. Uh, it, you can drive around it in about 45 minutes. Um, but wow. it's, it's very rich in education. There are several very good schools here. Education uh, is Serving free too, the expatriate community and the local community. Is the education free? This one isn't. This one this costs a quite school, a lot of money. Yes. Um, the, this school costs, um, I don't know, something like £7,000 a year, I think, for a child. Ooh, that's, that's a bit so steep. It's, yeah, it's, it's quite a lot, yeah. Um, but, uh, of course, companies pay for that. Companies pay the, the fees. I think it's a, a, a tax deduction somewhere or something like that. So most people don't suffer on account of that. Good. So the isolation aids aids writing. Uh, it did for me in yes. Saudi Arabia. It was very good in that respect. Um, but uh, it's only half a life, really, being away from your family. So yes. it was not satisfactory. And uh, then I got the job here, which enabled us to regroup, which was uh, – that that's much better now. Your family wasn't able to come to Saudi Arabia with you? No, there was one possibility that they that they could, but it, it would be so. It would have been so expensive that uh, we, we couldn't really do it. But now that we're, my wife is working here too, so we're able to um, we're able to live quite comfortably now. Well, you got fifteen months then of uh, of yeah, solid of solid novel yeah. work then. Now, now you put together this brilliant work, uh, the Ghost of Neil Diamond. For, I'm assuming from your time in Hong Kong. Now, yes. with all this time spent in the Middle East, are we going to see a, uh, a story set in Saudi Arabia or Bahrain from you? 
I would love to do that. That's a very good question because I'd really love to do that. Um, that uh, there's one thing that kind of uh, spikes it at the moment, and that that is first the sensitivity of my employers to that kind of thing, okay. <laughs> which might which might uh, be disastrous for my job prospects. But the uh, the other side of it is that I I just feel uh, very politically ignorant because. Uh, I'm not. I'm not really a political creature, and I. I don't know much about the matters that really drive things here. But culturally, I, I can understand some of it. But politically, I understand nothing. So that that's a bit of a stumbling block. But I don't think I'd worry about that too much if I if I actually got stuck into it and found found the right characters. Brilliant. But uh, that hasn't happened yet. But I would love to do it. Yeah, it's a good question. Well, David, we definitely look forward to reading more of your work. Uh, I'm going to repost the link to the reviews and all, all the links to the Ghost of Neil Diamond, which I thought was a brilliant book, uh, brilliant character, Neil Neil Atherton. I uh, hope you would uh, come back sometime and talk about one of your other books. Yes. Well, I'd, I'd, I'll I'll get that other one to you and. Uh, Hope that you enjoy it oh, as brilliant. much as the Ghost Neil Diamond. Now, where can our constant listeners uh, reach reach you? Well, uh, at my website, www.whattradition.com, um, there's an email address there, and uh, I'm contactable there. And I'm very happy to, to do some giveaways, too. Oh, because brilliant. Because I'm, I'm really most interested in more readers. I'm not, I'm not interested in sales so much as just more readers. There is a true author. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't expect ever to make a living at this. That's uh, that's way beyond my expectations. Most great authors but never expect to make a you know, living a at it. A lot of great authors they never made a love. living at it, right? Yes. The love of writing. But uh, to, have, to have the readership is, is the key thing. It was, it was terribly, terribly frustrating when the books were just in a drawer in my desk. But to have them out there is, uh, is a great release. Now I just want to keep chasing those readers. Brilliant. Let's help. Let's help. Uh, let's help. Let's help out. Con- constant find constant some, readers. Uh, some readers. Uh, I believe the address is whattradition.com. Send him an That's email. It. Let him know that you heard him on the Paul the Book Guy show. And uh, he wants more eyes on his, uh, on his work. I love the book. I'll put a post in the show notes to the review. Maybe the first reader who uh, sends him a, a kind email with a, with a genuine request. Uh, maybe, David, you could send him a book. I certainly will. Not just the first, the first ten. Wow, brilliant. <laughs> okay, well, nice. there. Everybody get in line. Act now while quantities last. <laughs> thank you so much for your time, David. Well, Look thank for- you so much for this opportunity. I brilliant. really appreciate thank you. And, it. And I know thank you so much for staying up. I know it's, it's about 1.15 in the morning in Bahrain. There, I pronounced it correctly, I think. <laughs> yes, you've had some great coffee. <laughs> Take care, David. It's been a, it's been a blast, really. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Great to speak with you, David. Bye for now. I am a world traveler. I am brutally honest, but with a human connection. I am the voice on the other side. I am big talk in a small state. I am a father, husband, provider. I am the audio ninja. I am metal attitude meets talk radio. I am the most interesting man in podcasting. I am love with a gun. I am The Roadshow. I am From The Edge Podcast. I am The World Traveler Jim Show. I am The Bear Crawling Nation Live. I am. I am. I am. I am The Bear Bear Crawling Crawling Nation. Nation. We know what the Pope does in the woods. You know what bears do? They crawl. BearCrawlingNation.com Bigger. Badder. Better. More. Tell me I'm wrong. Hi, Scott Johnson here, host of App Slappy, and you're listening to Paul the Book Guy. And before we go, I believe there is book news. That's me. Hey, <laughs> that is hey, you. book news. It's been How a while doing? since we've done this. I have to apologize to the constant listeners. Uh, some of you might know, some of you might not know. I haven't really explained it, but I am in, I'm went back to school. So the the largest book that I've been reading lately has been the Ontario Electrical Code. It's, it's, <laughs> I hear a, there's a sequel coming it's soon. A dry, it's a dry read. So uh, unfortunately, not getting as much book reading done, not doing my homework on the internets to follow this. And I'll, it'll get better. I promise. We were talking about the, uh, the Bond, Bond 23. 
They finally a couple have a episodes ago. They yeah, have a, finally have a Bond girl. Oh, okay. There you go. But we don't have a we don't have a plot yet for Bond. We're assu- we were assuming that that was going to be the we're all hoping that it's Carte Blanche, Blanche right? yes. as, as written by J- uh, Jeffrey Deaver. Who's the Bond girl? Uh, we've got French actress Bernice Marlowe, M-A-R-L-O-H-E. Hmm. Sufficiently hot. Sufficiently hot. All right. We'll have to post a, a picture in the show notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, it, that won't disappoint our male uh, fans. Anybody out there watched Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows? Narcissa Malfoy. The actress who played Narcissa Malfoy, her name is Helen McCrory. She has been confirmed, and so has Ben Wishaw. Now, on the topic of Harry Potter? Oh, you want to do that Pottermore Ooh, thing? We had a little bit of news. We had a conversation about that yesterday. Pottermore. We've got Pottermore news. What's up? <sighs> Sony is having a little problem with the website. Uh, the beta testers are basically shutting the site down with so much traffic that they've now announced that the Harry Potter ebooks will not be released in time for Christmas. In fact, it'll be about another seven or eight months before any Harry Potter ebook will be sold on the site. And what did we say when, when they announced this? Did we not say that this... I mean, this is an entirely different style of fail than we predicted. Yes. But we said, <laughs> we said that this was just going to be fail, 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 A fail. spectacular yes. fail. And now we're seeing how... We, we said that the concept that uh, J.K. Rowling has for this whole thing is just not good for the industry, not good for the no. fans. But in addition to that, I'm going to say this, and this is from someone who has experienced a lot of online content from Sony. I played the, their online games. I've played their online massively multiplayer games. As did I. I had a huge brewery in uh, Star Wars Online. You, you, had a, you had a moisture <laughs> farm doing nothing or something, didn't you? Like in the middle of no- I, just, just, I just changed its name to brewery and left it going. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about a, a company that has been embroiled in, in massive da- outages, uh, hacking. Yes. They've been hacked by Anonymous. <laughs> Why partner up with Sony? To, to partner up with Sony is... Well, it's not even that, Greg. It, it's, uh, okay, the online gaming, I can see why they would partner with Sony. Sony has a uh, you know, history of doing online gaming. It's Poorly. It's, uh, poorly. Yes, that's true, okay, too. That's what yes. I'm saying. It's the e-books tied to this website that was the huge part of the fail. And now she's not going to get any sales this Christmas on Kindles, Kobo's, um, iPads, uh, iPhones. She's not lacking for money. It's Sony that's got the problem. So the 30% she didn't want to give to Apple and to Amazon and to Kobo and to everyone else, Barnes & Noble. um, She's going to lose it by not having any books out this Christmas. I I, I don't know who convinced her of this. Whoever they are, best best salesperson ever. Actually, we we, we nailed it down, I believe. she recently fired her agent who was there through all of her success and still uh, I've been looking following the news we still don't have an official reason why she fired him I'm pretty sure this is it I believe that agent was the one who convinced her to do this deal and when I maybe I'm just speculating here but maybe when she realized what a shitty deal it was oh I shouldn't have said that we've been not I'm going to take it back maybe when she realized what a bad deal it was uh, she got rid of him. That's what I'm thinking. It's conceivable because I mean she's, she's she's chained to this now, and and I, you can try to polish this turd as much as you want, but it's it's just not going to fly. Now, folks, uh, and I'm not uh, making fun of the series. I've read every book in the series. I think it's a great series, a no. young adult series. This is nothing against Fantastic. Harry Potter. This is nothing love Harry Potter. J.K. Love J.K. Rowling. Yes. This is just this is this particular venture is just not. First off, it's not good for the industry. It comes to it comes down to Greg. Greg, if you write a book tomorrow. You're an author. You've written a book. Sell it in bookstores. Don't try to create your own because you want 100% of the, the own, revenue your instead own distribution of 70. Give Apple, give Amazon, give Barnes & Noble, give uh, yep. chapters Absolutely. the 30%. That's what they do. She doesn't need the money. And if she wants to, you know, as the saying goes, hoe her own row... Letter. Well, I'm, right now she she, she's pulling her own Sony. road to the to to the let's, river let's where there's do it. there's no Harry Potter books this Christmas in digital format. I think that the 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 Harry Potter um, phenomena has you know run itself out, and uh, the generation of kids that are going to you know uh, subscribe to it and be influenced by it has passed, and you know we're going to move on to things like. I don't know, Hunger Games or, or whatever else. Any any other book any that is available other, on any a bookstore? Other book, yeah. So <laughs> let her let her spin her wheels with Sony. I'm. I'm really indifferent to this story. Right. Like I say, folks, if you have a device that uh, does not work with Pottermore, there's always piratebay.org. 
Wow, you really were <laughs> throwing it down, bro. Wow. You know, wow. and I, I'm a big advocate of, of buying books, period. Not pirating, but you know what? If this author wants to sell these books on a website that doesn't work, and you can't no. get, rather than letting the Harry Potter series die, let's get some kids' eyes on these books. And not only that, but okay, so so the complaint of this this website so far is it's been it's it's um, shutting down because of, of uh, traffic. Of traffic. Don't they? It's a closed beta. It's a closed. That's right. They they choose how many people are, for for you, you non geeky people. A, a beta test so is the where fifty the people c- they let on it have right. crashed it. Right. So so the company has their choice of how many people they can let onto the website. And uh, what's happened is Sony has let so many people onto their test site that it's overwhelming the server. It's crashing the website. They're giving a poor experience to the beta testers. It's just bad. Okay, right? fail. Bad, fail, fail all the way. Yeah. Let's move on. How can you... Fail, fail, fail. All right, so I've got some other children's book news. I mean, not to, Harry Potter, you know, borderline children's book, but uh, you guys remember Theodore Geisel? Dr. Theodore Geisel? Dr. Zeus. Dr. Seuss. Who better... To have, anyways. So let's just. I'm just going to go right at, straight at it. Johnny Depp is is rumored to be starting a project that is going to bring his life to the to the film. Oh, brilliant! The the real the true story of Doctor the true Doctor Seuss. Okay. And apparently, this is going to be a vehicle for him to play another eccentric character. Apparently, Doctor Theodore Geisel was a fairly eccentric character, and. Uh, Personally, I can't think of anybody better to play him. He's got Willy Wonka in there. He's, he's got Willy Wonka. <laughs> he's got, uh, and this is this is now going to be the second project that uh, Johnny Depp has been involved in, involved in with uh, Doctor Seuss. He has the Lorax coming out next summer. Wow, oh, with, interesting. Yeah. So, uh, no, sorry, next spring, March of next year, uh, with Danny DeVito as the. You just reminded me of uh, Danny DeVito as the Dan- Lorax. Oh, that's brilliant! Isn't that awesome? now, I, I, I want to make we, a personal plea. We don't see plea. enough Danny DeVito. Not in my well, no, in general. Didn't we see uh, do you follow feet? him on Twitter? Yeah, we then saw you've, his... you've seen enough of Danny DeVito. I he, haven't followed. He him on keeps Twitter. posting pictures of his feet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good it's... thing I haven't been following him on Twitter. <clears throat> hey, you know what I've been I've been doing recently? This is like this guys. This has nothing to do with books and stuff like that. But have you guys ever done IMDb like dumpster diving? Like you just go on IMDb and you start like clicking through and you find. I told kinda, you is that kind of like going through the phone book I'm to look find no. funny names? I'm going with no. Sorry, I haven't Molly. done IMDb <laughs> dumpster diving. But so give, done give. This. What did you like find? Kevin, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, like, just I get it. I get it. Like I can see the appeal. Like, hey, yep. oh, I did another. And I told you guys what like three four weeks ago to go take a look at James Hong, right? Yes. You didn't. I'm no. I know you didn't. Otherwise, you would have said, "Oh my God, James." I Hong. did. I, I posted it on the show notes. Did you? There's a big picture of him in the show notes. Oh, James Hong. Glad, glad yeah, to know that our, my own hosts here, our, uh, our, my co-hosts are, are looking at the show notes. Busted. Show notes. <laughs> There's so much reading to do. All well, right. So for Chris and the rest of the 362 titles this guy's been in. He has 362 acting credits from 1955 until now. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and he's been in such. He is every Chinese grandfather you. I, I gotta ever. say, I gotta admit, Greg. Well, as soon as I saw the picture, I went, "Oh, him! Oh my God, he's in like guy. every movie." I've I'm looking watched. at it right now. I know exactly who you're talking <laughs> right, about. So just the, so folks, been, what was the episode? I don't know. It's uh, oh, it's way back. It's been a while, but yeah. there's a couple episodes ago, folks. Go to show notes. You'll see the the Chinese from, act. Oh from my God. Blade Runner <laughs> yeah, to General just, Hospital. Yeah, you're Chinese, kidding. He was in Blade Runner. He was in Blade Runner. He Kung was Fu, in Blade Runner. <laughs> Kung Fu Panda, A Team, Airwolf. Okay, let's Magnum not go through. I'm just. Let's not do this. Blade Runner. To General Hospital, dude. I had it. I had it written down. I was okay. going to say uh, everything from Kung Fu Panda to Bonanza. With <laughs> okay, air, good. With that, that encompasses and, it as well. Yeah, yeah, there you go. By way of Airwolf. <laughs> By way of Airwolf and A Team. There you go. You know, I'm going to bring some news but, next week because I don't have it in front of me. But Blade Runner, just because we're on the topic. Yeah. There, there's uh, some talk of a remake of the Philip K. Dick yes. book. Yes. We'll, I, I heard that as well. Maybe we'll, we'll look into it and uh, bring in some news next I'll week. I'll dig up the dish on that one. Yep. And uh, my other little thing, so that, say, was the yeah. old, that was the old one. That okay. was the James Hong. Your new dumpster my dive. My new dumpster dive. And this is just something because I was researching the, uh, the Johnny Depp film for the Lorax. And one of the voice actors is a voice actor by the name of Sherry Lynn. Okay. Okay. Who has more credits as additional voices than most people have acting credits. All right. All right. So this is some of the. Uh, this is she's done quote additional voices in these movies, and, and, and in addition to more, I just picked out Toy Story two, Toy Story three, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, Up, Wally, Horton Hears a Who, Happily Ever After, Cars, Ice Age two, The Iron Giant, and A Bug's Life, and no actual credits other than additional characters. Okay. I don't know what that is, but it's 
pretty awesome to me. Making a lucrative living as making a voice a, actor. Making a voice as a voice actor for no actual characters. For brilliant. No, act, what do you mean? There's still characters. There's no character, but there's no actual character. She's not like boy number two, or it, it's just all. I guess. Oh, it's, it's, there's no specific character. There's no to the specific part. character assigned She's to that just movie. Background noise voice character. I don't know. Yeah. Fascinating. It, it's just kind of interesting. I just thought that was. If, I, if anybody that? out there knows, that's uh, Sherry, S H E R R Y L Y N N. Just an interesting thing if anybody could email us and tell us what additional voices means when you're in a movie. <laughs> but obviously, very prolific actress. Well, she might just it, be like, back, background like, noise, like the, the lady talking at the cafe, you know, behind the, the main characters. That but the lady at the cafe that everybody calls for their movies <laughs> right. for the last decade. <laughs> She's the go to girl, yes. So, a little thing. Um, if you guys want to go to the site, there's tons more links for um, Avengers pictures, Batman pictures, uh, Superman pictures, and uh, the oh, yeah. only other thing I have this week is uh, DC2 released, uh, uh, sorry, Entertainment Weekly this week released a sneak peek at uh, Batwoman, which they're releasing as DC2, that new release of all the superheroes. Right, the reboot. Yeah. So they're doing, yeah, the reboot. Uh, Entertainment Weekly has uh, a link to a uh, sneak peek of uh, Batwoman. It's Actually, I looked a little bit at it, and it's pretty interesting because every time she makes a punch, every time she punches somebody or kicks them... What's the sound? What is the sound? Is no, it there's thwack? No clue, there's I no, like thwack. My favorite one... Did you, did you have a favorite? Kapow. Kapow was your favorite one? Mine was always Kloon. I was like... Kloon. <laughs> I was always a big fan of Biff. <laughs> Biff. <laughs> Biff and Boff, yes. That's when Robin was punching people. It was Biff I, and Boff. So what happens in the, in the panels is... Wherever she makes contact with somebody, and I'm making a little fist sound here, sorry. Yes. Uh, there's like an X-ray. That's pretty cool. So okay. it's all color, and then there's be like this X-ray of her fist hitting somebody's face or chest. <laughs> that's, a mortal, that's a Mortal Kombat ripoff. Yeah. They had X-rays in that. Well, no, you, you, like no, you had the square. X-ray. You had the X-ray hit. The X-ray hit. Um, and you would like get a, like massive. This is kind of unique. Uh, yeah, I'm glad bad. you brought up the comic books because one thing we forgot last week. Could anyone? What did we forget last week, guys? I uh, escaped my mind too. Uh, I think you got it in the week. The Think Geek item of the week from ThinkGeek.com. Now Halloween is coming up. We were just discussing comic books, and I just gotta say, um, here it is. Wear a suit, bring a silver briefcase, and pick up from Think Geek. The Tony Stark light up LED Iron Man shirt. Oh, it is yes. so cool. Sorry, we were, <laughs> I was it's, looking at that. If, if you've seen the, the, the latest Iron Man movies, one and two, he's got the, uh, the arc reactor in his chest that glows. Yeah. It's a black shirt where you can turn on and off. The, the electronics are removable, so you, don't, you can machine wash it. It's Velcro. You can put the thing back in after you wash it. And it lights up. There's like three different modes of, of how it works. It's 30 bucks at, at Think Geek. I just thought of it right now because Halloween's yeah. coming up. Hey, Grease your hair, cut yourself a mo- uh, goatee. Uh, all you need is a silver briefcase. Don't let people touch it. Is that what you're going as this year? Uh, no, as a person of no hair, it's hard to pull off uh, Tony Stark because he's, he's got the sexy this hair. Is, this is my problem. You know I, my, I mean? my idea was Tony Stark this year or, or uh, Captain Hammer. Yeah. From the from it's, Dr. It's Horrible Sing Song It's, it's kind of like, you know, putting on a, a fake muscle shirt and being Dr. Hammer from what? Superman. The hair. It's the hair. Dr. It's Captain Hammer from Doctor. Chris Horrible. Chris could pull off Tony was, Stark. I could pull off Tony if Stark. He did, in a if he did the, the, the goatee, easily. It was Captain Hammer from Doctor Horrible's Sing Song blog with Nathan Fillion and Felicia Day. And oh, so that other guy. Oh, and I'm not nearly. Guy. I'm not nearly as <laughs> hip as either of you guys. Doctor Evil, played by. Oh, I remember. Oh, this. Neil Patrick Harris. I remember. That's yes, right. Neil yes, Patrick yes, Harris. Yes, Doctor Evil. Brilliant, Neil Patrick brilliant. Harris. And the yeah. Evil League of Evil. The Evil League of Evil. Right. Led by the horse. horse. What was the horse? Evil horse. Evil horse. <laughs> no, not evil horse. <laughs> no, dark bad, horse. Bad, bad, bad horse. Bad horse. Bad horse. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, check it out. Go to paulthebookguy.com slash thinkgeek. We have all our items there. And it's, uh, the Tony Stark shirt is really cool something, for $30. Something, something, and, and we're sorry, we, we forgot last week. <laughs> the... The Think Geek item of the week from thinkgeek.com. Uh, well, we have a little bit of podcast and website news before we go, gentlemen. Uh, the first being that I'm told by Big C last night uh, we did the bear crawling show live. How did that go, Paul? I'm, I'm, a, was a lot I'm of fun. sorry that I missed you that. You know, I was so dead tired and I got home. It was 9.30 till like 11. 
I had the kids. Yeah. No, no I understand. I was, it, it was too fun. drunk. I, is uh, that, okay, no, I just I had a few beers and I couldn't really drive back. So it was... So I spoke with Steve and Big C. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, I heard that there is a bear crawling BCN iPhone app coming soon. It'll incorporate the bat signal. It's going to include the bat signal. Yes, the Adam Curry style bat signal where we can uh, tweet out when we're going live or when our show hits iTunes and all the phones will bleep bloop. I don't think we will ever go live. No, maybe no, not. No, no, this, this is so heavily edited. <laughs> they think it's heavily edited. Not anymore. It used to be heavily edited. Now it's pretty much like I put four, four pieces together and there it is. Yeah, we're I getting better. Can I just say I used to sound better when you edited me and took all the spaces <laughs> out. Can we start compressing my ums and uhs, please, again? Uh, we'll have to hire an editor. That's okay, it. that's it. We're done. <laughs> Pack it up. We're <laughs> heading off Book Mountain. Sunsetting. <laughs> I've got to read. I've got more electrical code to read. I that's just, right. It I'm going to finish off. Uh, you got to relax and read some regular books. Yes, I'm still reading the uh, the WoW book, but you know. Okay, I'm uh, finishing slow. off. You got to bring it near the end. Oh, in a while. I, I I really don't have time between my studying and I, I mean, I really this is career changing. I got to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to bug down. Okay. I'm just finishing uh, Sweet Teen Secrets. Maybe, uh, Greg, can you ask Candace if she's available? It won't be next week. She's out of okay. town. Okay, we, so. we can do it the week after. Yeah. And if you, if we might have to do the podcast next week with little critters running around. Or I might have to Skype it. Oh, yeah, that's fine. We can Skype you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can Skype you. All right. That'd be fun. <laughs> fine. This has been fun. Okay, that's it. All right, Let's guys. Let's do this. Another one done. <laughs> we'll see you next week, see you folks. Guys next week. I'm Greg the Book Guy. <laughs> I'm Chris the Book Guy. And I'm Paul the Book Guy. We'll see you next week. Same book time, same book channel. Bad horse, bad horse. He's something, something, something. He's going to make you his mare. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that a reason?